Welcome to the Sunday Monday Show, a podcast about being bold in faith, work, and life. I'm your host, Jane Kennedy. Let's get down to business. Hey everyone, Jane here. Today we have a different type of episode. This is the audio from an Instagram live that we did last year with the incredible Katie Jones of Agape Investing. I have so many people who reach out to me who loved this event and a lot of people who work with her now to help um, manage their finances and budget well. So I thought that we could use this content and share it on the podcast. So if you haven't had the chance to hear it, or if you are more of a podcast person than an IGTV person, you can access it. So I'm so excited for you today to get to know Katie. She runs a company called Agape Investing, and she talks about how we as Christians can be good stewards of our money and our opportunities. So without any further ado, please welcome Katie Jones. <laughs> I always just get like a little bit nervous with anything live and anything. Oh, totally. I'm so grateful this worked. How are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you here. I think this is going to be great. We just got a bunch of questions that came in. Awesome. The, so, so yeah, I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you for jumping on to do our first. This is our first, um, uh, like partner what do you call this is there a name for this like a buddy live yeah like a yeah live I don't know I don't know if there's like a a name necessarily for like a double live I guess I don't know okay I, I just kind of consider it like a a live interview almost <laughs> yeah well anyone knows the answer educated yeah. we're the professionals here uh, <laughs> yeah it's so good well Katie welcome um, I'm so excited that you're here. Um, I just wanted to invite you to say, to give a little introduction to who you are, why this topic is important to you, what you do with about investing, whatever you'd like to share. Yes. So I, um, basically Agape Investing was started about two years ago to help people, um, think critically about applying their faith into their work, um, their businesses, and their finances. And yeah, we we talk about um, really kind of sticky, tough subjects within um, the church, you know, just things like finances, um, like the idea of like, can Christians pursue financial independence? Like, is that even a thing? Um, a lot of really tough subjects that don't necessarily get brought up within the church and um, as well as just a, an overall challenge for Christians to to be thinking about these things um, and how they can do that. And I know that you um, talk a lot about like faith and work as well, which is super awesome. Um, and I think there really needs to just be like so many, so many more people doing these things because it yeah. really is so important. Yeah, I can't agree more. I think what's been so cool with the Sunday Monday is that there's so much value. I don't know. I think there's also a lot, there's just a lot of fear about talking about money. So yeah. all people about about their jobs so often, and and people will come to me and say, "Oh gosh, you know, I I, I think I should be making more, but I'm grateful for what I have, and I don't want to be pushing the boundaries." Like, yes. I mean, where does pride? Um, and then of course, like stewarding your money well, which you are so good at helping people do because the money that we have and the money that we're earning is a gift. And so how are we taking care of that? Uh, I think it's 
really hard. And, and especially right now where there's so much uncertainty. Mm. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people are taking a minute to step back and, and check out where they are financially and what they should be doing. Yeah. So I think you're doing great work. And I'm so excited oh. to pick your brain with questions from other people, but also I have questions. So we're going to just uh, cover it all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so tonight we're going to start by going through a couple of myths. And these are very common things that I've had conversations with. These are myths that I've believed, honestly. Um, I frankly did not start keeping a itemized budget until last November. So it hasn't even been a year. Um, and yeah, and that was something that I really believed was I don't need a budget. So how do you address that, that belief? Yeah. You know, I think the root of why a lot of people think that they don't need a budget is just the fact that, you know, if you're making a good income, you're typically able to cover all of your expenses. And so, you know, many people that I talk with tend to think that, okay, like I have enough money to cover all of my expenses. I don't necessarily need to be managing my money um, in order to, to make sure everything is covered because, you know, it's just this underlying idea that like budgeting is for broke people. Um, and, and if you have a good income, you know, that's just kind of covering your expenses. You don't necessarily need to be managing it. Um, however, budgeting is more, I honestly think budgeting can just be a really awesome tool in order to help propel you towards the different goals that you have in life, um, financially um, and personal goals, because Simply, money is a tool um, that we can use in order to do a lot of things, and including bringing honor and glory to God. And so, you know, when you have a budget, you are in control of where your money is going versus your money, you know, telling you what you're doing. Um, and, and it's just that simple flip of, you know, deciding that you're going to control it. And, and a lot of times if you're not watching how your money is being spent and, and being careful of where it's going, um, we can fall prey to being, um, to, you know, fall prey to income creep or lifestyle creep. So basically this idea that, okay, as your income is increasing, you know, you get a pay raise, you get a bonus, your lifestyle starts to, to creep up as well. And so if you're not budgeting and, and watching where your money is going, you're, you're going to fall prey to that. And just this idea that, you know, you know, you think you might be more deserving of a brand new car because you just got a pay raise or you, you know, you want a bigger house or more electronics or whatever. And it's not to say that those things are bad. If, if those are things that you value, then sure, put that in your budget, but plan for it and prepare for it. So then that way, you're making sure you still have room for those goals that you're trying to accomplish, um, whatever those might be for you. So it's, it's simply just taking control versus saying like, I have a budget because I don't have money. So it's just kind of flipping it on its head. I love that. I love the, the term you used income creep. Mm -hmm. I never that, but I completely relate to it. I mean, even in this quarantine, like I canceled my gym membership. And so I'm like, Oh, all right, $130 extra a month. But like, I spend that on the second day, because I'm like, I have an extra $130. There yeah. it goes. But yeah, it's, it's so interesting how um, mentally we just jump ahead. And mm -hmm. I lived, lived in my first job and how I'm living now three years into my career. 
And it's so interesting how like tiny things can just creep up on you and you don't even realize. Um, so yeah, I think it's also creating that habit of a budget early on. Mm -hmm. Just so much to kind of just get you used to it. Like, like when I go get a, a Starbucks, I in my head go, Oh, I'm going to have to track this. And I'm going to be mad at the end of the month when I have like a hundred dollars at Starbucks. Um, so yeah, that's so good. Thank you for, thank you for busting that myth. And yeah. everyone um, who's on, feel free. You can throw questions in. Um, yeah. Oh, we'll definitely address Katie is kind enough to be addressing some questions at the end. So please throw them on. All right. So the second myth is tithing doesn't matter until I make more money. Yes. So this, uh, this myth is really interesting because as opposed to the first myth where, you know, you think you, you have enough money to cover everything. So you don't really need to manage it. This myth is almost saying that, you know, I don't have to, to worry, like I shouldn't budget or I don't need to budget or tithe or save, or I don't need to do these things until I have money. And so this is, it's just the exact opposite where you're saying, I don't have a lot of money. And so there's not really a need to like plan these things out. And especially when it comes to tithing, maybe I'll like wait until I make more income in order to cover these expenses. And Again, it's it's just this idea that budgeting is really about taking control of your money. And so, and I think you mentioned it before where if you if you start that, if you start budgeting even when you have like a super low income, like whatever that is, $25,000 a year or something and you and you're trying to, you know, figure things out, starting with a budget at that point will set you up for the future so that you're making these really awesome financial choices, you know, as your income grows. Again, like as your income grows, your lifestyle might creep up, but if you can if you start a budget at a lower income, and even if it's like a sustainable like you are, you know, you you're fine, you're you're meeting all of your expenses, your bills, things like that, as your income grows, um, then, you know, you have the ability to do more with it. And so when it comes to tithing, you know, there's so many Bible verses, you know, throughout the Bible, there's so many stories that talk about tithing, even when you have very little. And the story that comes to mind is the widow who gave um, her two coins, like her only her, her full income. I think that's exactly what it says is that um, she, she gave everything that she had. And to us, that sounds like a lot. Like, you know, you think about like everything that you have and you give that away. And that I know is very tough. However, I think it's a true sign of our faith and our trust in God that again, we are just stewards of this money that he has given us. And we need to be giving back when, even when it feels extremely difficult to do so. Um, that's that's when our faith is tested the most and so honestly i think budgeting is is more important from the beginning and budgeting is always important i nobody should get away without a budget really if you're if you have financial goals if you're trying to achieve things budgeting is just going to be that like roadmap towards doing that and if you can start that even when you have very little even maybe even if you're in college right now and you're listening to this and 
you have you're working part time and you're in school and you really don't have very many expenses. But if you're still creating that roadmap for, okay, here's what I do have. And like, this is what I want to spend it on. You're going to make room for those goals, especially as you, you know, graduate and, and move on and, um, you know, throughout your career. So, you know, it's, again, it's just that starting off point, setting that foundation for a financially healthy future. Yeah, I love that. I remember in a Bible study, this must have been a couple of years ago, we were talking about tithing. And we were all kind of hemming and hawing about like, oh, you know, I'll figure it out. Like when I have more money, I can give to charity and I can give to the church. And um, this one girl uh, who's so holy and so amazing, she's like, everybody, <laughs> everything we've been given is a gift from God. Like your mm -hmm. money is not your own. And that just hit me so hard because I realized, oh gosh, my money is not my own. Me sitting here saying, oh, I, I can't give anything this week or I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, make space in my budget for this or my lifestyle for this is me just like, uh, God has given me these gifts and these talents and literally like talents for money. He's giving me this money and I'm just choosing to hold it <laughs> and not give it, um, back. So I, I love that. Um, that's so good. And sorry, I'm going to go on a tangent, but I've seen that yeah. you've also bit about like values based. Mm -hmm. values-based spending. So would you mind just kind of sharing what your thoughts are on that? Yes. In fact, I'll, I'll share an example, honestly, of when my husband and I really got serious about our own budget. Um, I used to work at, for a property management firm where I, I made a, a really good income. Um, and after four years of being there, I felt called away from that job to a job that paid me about half of what I had just been making at this property management firm. And not only that, my income was about to decrease, uh, you know, almost 50%, but my um, expenses were about to increase because I had a company car and my company had paid for everything with that car, maintenance and gas and insurance, everything. And so all of a sudden I was carless because that, that literally was my only car for the last few years. Um, and you know, I was about to add that on and all the expenses that come with it for maintenance and gas and insurance and everything. And my husband and I were praying a lot because we were just like, what are we going to do? You know, like we're, we're about to like, you know, cut my income in half. Obviously he still had a job. Um, and, and you know, our, our uh, expenses were about to increase. And so we're like, okay, this is gonna be really tough. So we need to like really get serious about our budget. We had all these goals, you know, I wanted to invest in real estate and, you know, just invest in our future, like with different um, retirement accounts. And we're like, how can we still work towards these goals, mm. but on half, half of my income? And so we had to get really serious about, okay, here's, these are the things we value, you know, kind of lay it all out. Like, these are the things we value, you know, obviously we value giving to our church, giving to missions, you know, we, we do both. Um, and then also getting ready and preparing for our future through investing. And so these were things that we valued. And so we said, okay, if we want to achieve these things, what are we willing to give up in order to work towards these values of ours, the things that matter most to us. And when we did that, we were kind of shocked at like all of the areas that were like, oh, we could totally cut back on this. You know, we could stop eating out as much. We could stop, you know, 
going to we went we used to go to a ton of concerts honestly and that we, we used to spend a lot of money on concerts which at the time like in college and when we were like recently graduated was something we really valued was were those experiences but as we started like growing older we're like okay we don't you know we we like going to these things but we can probably just do it a couple times a year instead of like once a month it was crazy um <laughs> So anyway, so we're, it was just this, this value shift, you know, or this idea shift towards focusing on our values um, and making sure our money is going to those things versus things that we could probably do without. Um, and when we did that, when we made that shift, we were actually shocked at how easily, like how, how easy it was to, to do this, but not only that, but how much we actually were able to give. We were probably still tithing and giving the same amount. I mean, we were not, we think we were, we totally were giving the same amount, but on a lower income. So the percentage that we were giving away of our income was a lot greater all of a sudden. And so it's, it's just kind of this shift, you know, like if these are the things you value, how are you going to shift your finances towards being able to do those things? And that's where budgeting comes in. And, you know, that's how, that's what I teach people is how to truly align your spending and your expenses and your, your overall like lifestyle with this um, towards the things that you value most. And for, for us as Christians, that typically tends to be our faith and um, you know, whatever comes with that, you know, tithing and um, giving to missions and, and everything and and then and then second to that is like the the other things you value in life you know time with family and friends you know something else that we valued highly was being able to host our friends for dinner um we we love having people over um we're huge board gamers um and so we loved hosting game nights and being able to to provide a meal for our friends and sometimes we'd have like upwards of like 10 people over and it's like that costs a lot of money when you're preparing a big meal like that and so, you know, when we, when we made that shift of like, okay, we, this is what we want to be able to do. Like, where can we cut back in order to do that? It was, there were so many areas that were like, okay, we really don't need, like I was spending so much on like coffee and like little lunches out and stuff. And it's like, when I realized that when I saw that, I was like, I don't need to be spending hundreds of dollars on these. I can pack a lunch. I can make my own coffee. Like, it was, it was easy, you know? And, and I think that's one thing that people don't understand sometimes is like how easy it can be to, to be able to do that. But sometimes it just takes that nudge to, to do it um, and stay accountable to it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think what, what I love so much about what you just shared other than all of it was that, mm -hmm. right? So th there was a visible trade off for you. You're like, okay, I can either go get a coffee every morning on my way to work, which brings me joy, or I get to host all these people for dinner, which brings me maybe a lot more joy. And so then mm -hmm. it's like, I'm not letting myself get coffee. I'm not letting myself get my nails done or whatever those, those values make. You're actually like, I'm not getting my nails done because I'm going to Hawaii at the end of the year. And like, you can see, I, I feel like that having that vision of knowing, okay, there's, there's actually, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm doing this for a bigger purpose. Um, yeah, I feel like that's very helpful. Yes. And, and honestly, that's, that's a soup. That's a really good point. Like things that bring you joy, you just kind of have to like measure them, like which ones will, will bring you more joy. So if, if things like, you know, for myself hosting friends and, and family over for dinner, that, that brings me so much joy because 
that that is like one of my core values is like spending quality time with those people versus like coffee i love getting coffee like don't get me wrong like it's it's so much fun to go grab a nice cup of hot coffee and but that doesn't bring me as much joy and fulfillment as being able to host people and be generous in that way um but another example a lot of people in this financial space you know they talk about like cutting all of these costs and stuff but it's really about what matters most to you and i think about like netflix is one of those things netflix is like like me and my husband's like thing that we do together besides like sportsy activities but we like love after a long day like coming home and watching our favorite shows and honestly like we've talked about it like should we get rid of netflix you know it'd be like saving you know, whatever it is now, like 13 or $14 a month. I think it even went up more, but um, it's like, you could, we could save that money and put it towards something else. But we both decided together that that was something that we valued. We, we enjoyed that. Like we didn't need to be talking or doing anything just like that relaxing thing that we did together. Um, and so that, that's a simple example of like choosing what's right for you and and that's important about budgeting budgeting is is deciding what your values are and not listening to what other people are telling you like yeah i cut out a lot of coffee and eating out expenses myself but if those are things that like are super important to you you should find room in your budget for those and figure out what you could cut out instead so maybe netflix is the thing that you give up and so we're like the opposite so you're you're you know doing it whatever <laughs> I love that. And I also like you say, you have to look at yourself because I have a lot of friends who love going out to restaurants and like love going out to eat and I enjoy it, but I'm more like you. I like the quality time aspect more than yeah. like, rather make dinner for a bunch of people. Um, and I don't like love spending money on food. And this week was restaurant week in DC. And so everybody was like filling up the week with like dinners and they're like, it's only $40. It's only this and sitting there going, but I don't want to, I don't want any of it oil <laughs> yeah. sport, but, but yeah, it's exactly that. I mean, I would like to get my coffee in the morning and like that more joy than like, than, than a big meal. Um, so yeah, I love that. It's, it's about what you personally, and obviously when you're married, it's about kind of what the team wants. So you. Yes. That's a whole nother topic of like, okay, these things are important to my husband, but they're really not that important to me and vice versa and and finding that fine line but yeah that's that is a whole nother rabbit trail <laughs> oh my gosh i love it all right we have one more myth the third mm -hmm. is um multiple parter uh, i can start saving slash investing slash budgeting slash paying off debt later yeah yes a lot of people <laughs> and honestly it's a lot of people that I've talked to recently, I feel like have talked about this. Um, you know, we're young. There's so many things I want to do. Starting a budget is restricting. Like all of a sudden I need to cut out all these things. And really it, it kind of goes back to what we were just saying that budgeting is restricting. It, it, it will be. I mean, if you, if you are setting financial goals for yourself, they're, they're, you know, trade-offs that you have to make in order to achieve those goals typically. I mean, if you have some, you know, crazy income, sometimes the, the trade-offs aren't as great as if you have a lower income. So it really is just dependent on your situation and what is right for you. But if you, again, it's that question of 
okay, here's my, here are my goals. Here are my values. What can I trade off in order to get those things? And so there are so many reasons to start budgeting and saving and all these things now. I mean, the best time to start a budget was yesterday. The second best time is right now is today. And there's so many good examples of why this is true. And especially when it comes to investing our money, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of my friends will talk about, you know, okay, like saving for retirement, you know, why do I have to do that when I'm in my twenties or my thirties or, you know, even in college, you know, people like I highly recommend if you have the ability to, to start investing really small, it's, it'll make a whirlwind of a difference. And, and here's a really good example. Let's, let's take our, our Starbucks coffee drinks that most of us, you know, whether or not it's Starbucks or whatever, most of us go out for coffee a lot or tea. Um, and it c costs somewhere around like $5 typically. And if we were to take that $5 a day and invest it in the stock market, which is on average receiving a 7% um, interest, you over time, I have the numbers here because I, it's one of those things that it's like so mind blowing that you have to just know the exact numbers. So let's just, it's an, assuming a 7% um, annual return of rate. So that's the, the interest that you'd be earning. And it's compounded, which is basically another phrase for magic. <laughs> it's magic. And so you put up $5 in every day instead of going to get your coffee. And in five years, it'll grow to almost $11,000. And then if you keep doing that over time and you get to 50 years, you're going to have around 800000 And so... That's our, that's so much. And that's just by giving up one coffee. Like think about if you were to give up like a $10 lunch, like that, like all of a sudden everything is just doubled. And it's just like, and that's not even doubled like the end product because it's like double from there. But the compound, I'm sure many of you have seen a graph where, you know, it starts out really, 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 really small. And then all of a sudden at the very end, it just shoots up that's the magic of compound interest because everything is just compiling and then it's in you're getting that percentage off of that, you know, that mm -hmm. portion. So then it's just going to continue to exponentially grow and it's, it's crazy. And so if you start now and do that, you'll have this amazing return at the end when you are ready to retire or, you know, if you want to retire early and want to start using that as an income you have that potential if you're even putting in more, but if you wait, like you will have almost half of that amount. And it's like crazy when you see all these examples and it's simply like you can, you can do these things Like you can look up these calculators online to see what kind of return you can get and, and starting at what point in your life and when you want to actually take out that money. And if you start, now, whenever now is for you, and you know, a lot of people that are probably listening are in their 20s and 30s. And if you start doing that now, your your end goal of retirement, you're going to have so much more money. There's, there, it's like the easiest way to become a millionaire. Honestly, it's just like putting in like $10 a day, you know, $15 a day. And a lot of us spend that easily every single day going and, and doing whatever, like eating lunch, getting coffees, um, all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's amazing. And it's one of those things that if you, if you don't start now, you won't have that, that great of a potential in the end. 
um, you will still be able to get, you know, a good return. Um, and wherever you're at in life, you know, even if you're in your 40s or 50s listening to this, it's never too late to start investing. It's just saying that now is better than tomorrow. And so it's, it's again, it's all this mindset flip of what can I give up in order to have this, this future that you are wanting. Um, and again, it's all based on what you value most. So if you value potentially having a retirement or being able to spend more time with your kids in the future or family, or, you know, at that point, maybe your grandparent and being able to, to step away from whatever it is you're doing work-wise, if you haven't already, you're going to have that potential. And so it's a simple way of thinking, you know, this is what I value. And so I want to put towards that now um, to be able to do that later. I love that. And uh, I don't think you knew this, but you were segueing into the most common question that we got about investing. Oh, um, yeah. So two questions that were pretty similar. One from Bex, she asked, um, what are some easy steps for investing if you know absolutely nothing about it? And then Emma asked, what is the best strategy for investing? Yes. So I will put in the disclaimer, I'm not like a certified financial planner. I don't know your personal situation. So it, it will look different. And I do recommend, you know, going in and doing some research for yourself. Um, I'm not giving like actual financial advice. Um, just have to put that out there so no one sues me later. Yeah, that would but, be savings. <laughs> so... Honestly, simple ways to do these things um, are mutual funds. So mutual funds, basically, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, I invest in this different stock and I go and buy all this stock. And honestly, I personally don't understand like just simple, like going and doing research and finding like the perfect stock or the perfect company to invest in or anything. So I myself, um, my husband and I have um, different mutual funds. We, we do them all through Vanguard. Um, we actually switched recently. We chose Vanguard because um, there's no fees. Um, there's a lot of mutual funds that you can purchase without any um, fees. And so that's awesome. First off is that you can do this all for free. Typically you do need a certain amount of money, um, you know, depending on the mutual fund, you know, sometimes it's around a thousand dollars. Um, or more. But a lot, of, a lot of us have a decent, you know, little savings to be able to start that. Um, and so you can go ahead and, and find a mutual fund, just kind of like a total market mutual fund, which basically will take, you know, the average of what the whole stock market is doing in a whole, and will give you tiny little shares of each of those companies. And so you kind of get the average of what the full market is doing. So that's really like, like a simple basic way to start um, is doing that. Also, I mean, there's a lot of different apps out there right now. Um, I'm sure many have heard of like Acorns. Um, Acorn, I think it's, I don't know if it has an S at the end of it now that I think about it. But um, another one, I, I used Stash for a long time, um, just kind of like your money stash or whatever. But there's a lot of apps where you can start investing really small amounts. So if you don't even have like that $1,000 to be able to invest in a mutual fund or anything, you can you can go and get one of these apps. And they, they're really cool because um, they can make it super easy to automate your investing and savings by um, 
you know, you give them access typically to your credit card and they will look at statements of yours and they'll, you have options to do like roundup. So if you paid like five fifty, you know, 50 cents um, for something, you can round up to the next dollar. And so it'll go and invest literally just like a couple cents if you, if you put that on. Um, but you can also add in um, different amounts, like a dollar a day or something like that, which seems super reasonable. Um, and it's really cool because I, I actually think I, I have, well, I don't think, I do have my stash account still. And um, I started out just by putting in, I think like $50 or something. And this was like a year or two ago. And now it's at like 300 and something. And, and again, it's just like magic. You put these things in and they grow. They, you earn interest on the money because, I mean, simple, simply you're lending your money basically to these companies. And so they kind of pay you um, to be able to use your money, which is very broad vision version of what you're doing when you're investing. But yeah, I highly recommend it. Even this, this just small amounts when you, wherever you can. So those apps are always a really good option for, you know, I, I started it. Well, yeah, I actually started in college. So now that I think about it, I think I've had it for a few years and I put like $25 in originally, but yeah. That's awesome. I, so I use better another investment app and I love it because every month I go in and at the end of my month when I'm recording like what I've saved and, and where I'm at, it's so fun to look at it because again, it's like, I mean, right now the stock market is doing relatively well, so I feel very excited about my money. But, um, but yeah, when, we, when it kind of crashed in March, like I had my first experience of like, it's negative, like I'm losing money and, um, and realizing that it's really the long game. And, um, but it's given me more confidence, right? To be able, to, because I, I didn't have the like, I think I just didn't have the time or the like desire to start researching all these things. And like, I, I know lots of people who will, will really dive into it and love it. But if that's not your speed, Betterment works very well or stash. There you go. Download it up, start putting in your $5 a day and, and then you can give us a cut of it. Mm -hmm. Just, um, I see, okay. yeah. Someone asked about like privacy concerns for those, um, which, which is actually a really good point um, to just something to think about. Um, I don't know personally about those ones, like those apps um, about privacy concerns. I actually, I will share something that I learned recently, but um, Venmo is not FDIC insured. So basically if something crazy happened to Venmo and you had money saved in it, which I almost always kept just like a little bit of money in there. Um, if anything happened to them, you would lose your money. So that's not as it's kind of on the, the, the idea of privacy, but it is a good point that you should look into and, and look up what um, sort of privacy concerns you should be aware of. Um, I'm sure like a quick Google search, you could probably find those things. Um, but yeah, I found out about Venmo, <laughs> like, I think two months ago. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, that's crazy. I use that all the time. And so I like went in there and I had like $200 just like sitting in there. And I'm like, because I, you know, I, I use it for gifts and stuff. And so someone will repay me, like my siblings and stuff when we go in on gifts together and then I'll repay them eventually. And it's like, it just kind of sits there and waits. But then I was like, oh my gosh, I could lose that money if anything happened. And so it is a good point. And I, that's a really good question. So I, I highly recommend whenever you're doing any of those. And honestly, 
it's shame on me because I don't know about stash and I, I have like 300 or $400 in there right now. So I probably should do some research and figure out if that money is safe. But I have been thinking about just taking it out and, and putting it with one of our Vanguard accounts right now anyway. So I might just do that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. I'm not sure about Betterment. Um, I should check on that. I think it is. I think because um, Ro is Robinhood also one? Robin yeah, that sounds familiar. That's so that's another one. Yeah, we'll do some recon and <laughs> I will do some research and report back. Um, okay, another question that I had from before. And then yeah, if anyone on here has any questions, throw them in. Um, just like Renated. I know that Lisa had a question up a little earlier. So Lisa asked, what is your favorite app to track your money? Mm, really good question. So I went back and forth for a while on which one was my favorite, but I, my husband and I basically keep track of everything now on mint. Um, so it's literally, it's just mint.com. Um, they have an app as well as like a computer, like a, a website to track it all, which I personally like that they have both. I know some places will only have one or the other. Um, but I like that it has both because, I, I like working on my computer and doing most of that from here, but whenever I need to, I can jump on there. Mint is really fun because you can, you can track a lot of things. You can basically add whatever account. So again, security is probably an issue. So I, I should probably do more research on the actual security of these things, but Mint has been highly recommended um, as well as, um, what am I thinking of? Um, capital something um i can't think of it um but there's there's like a lot of top kind of contenders in this world and, and mint is one of them um we've been using it for like five years i think four years i actually i honestly started using it like way long ago when i thought i was going to get into budgeting probably like 10 years ago <laughs> and, <laughs> and then never really did anything so it was funny when i like went to go you know, make an account, I realized I had one already. And I was like, Oh, that's funny. That was that time when I thought I was going to get serious about my finances, but didn't. Um, no time like the like today. But yeah. yeah, so mint is our favorite. We've been using it for a long time, we keep track of like all of our investments in there. So you can you can add in any investment accounts. Um, you know, you can add in rental properties too. We have some rental properties. Um, we don't keep track of a ton of stuff with our rental properties because we actually have like a separate business entity that takes care of those or that, that kind of manages those. Um, and so we, we keep that separate typically. Um, but you can track all this stuff and then it gives you like your net worth at the end, which is kind of cool. And it, you know, it keeps track of all of your debts and things like that. So um, I really like it because it gives you like a full picture um, and then I can also like keep track of my credit score and things. So it gives you like this full view of your finances and really allows a lot of um, like diversification as far as like what your budget looks like. And so it's, it's really interesting. I, I really like it. And that's where we do our budgeting and, and keeping track of all of our expenses um, we do occasionally, I mean, we still have like a, a physical, like just Excel spreadsheet um, to kind of also 
it, it keeps, helps you keep a little bit more accountable when you have to like type in things yourself instead of it automatically doing everything. So. Yeah, I was going to add that. So I used Mint. I did use Mint for about two years and then I got a Chase credit card and, mm -hmm. the, and it doesn't, it didn't like sync up. So everything I bought on Chase like doubled in Mint. So I would go in oh. and so anyway, I kept trying to fix it. But then I switched over to the, a Google sh a Google Sheet that I use now. And the fact that I have just, with Mint, I never really had to think about it. I would just kind of look at the bars and the colors. So if you're just starting budgeting, I highly recommend having to sit down five times a month and type in manually every expense. Because doing that for me, and I have a great, I don't know where I found my template. I, I can post where I found mine, but... Um, but yeah, having to sit down and do that every month for my like spending has just made a really big, a really big impact. Um, so yeah, I think kind of the, that you sh as long as you're tracking it and looking at it, <laughs> it's probably a good thing. Um, okay. So I will let you, I will let your audience know that um, I do, I have a budget spreadsheet if anyone's interested. It's typically $11, but um, I'll, I'll give out a coupon code. Um, I'll generate it as um, Sunday, Monday um, for everyone. So that way they can use it and it'll be 50% off. So if people are interested, it, it really, honestly, I think it does everything that you really need it to um, and keeps track of all of your savings and everything. Um, so, yeah. So if anyone is interested, there's a link in my bio to it um, and it'll just say budget spreadsheets. And then if they um, do it and then, put in the code Sunday, Monday, they'll get 50% off. That is awesome. I'm, I'm going to go check it out because mine, yeah, I like built it on my own and like built all the little different, um, you know, the different formulas and stuff and it just yeah. a headache. So I'm going to go get yours. Yes. Um, I have, I will let you know, I've been working on it for months. Like it, oh. and it's, it's one of those things where I was like, what can make budgeting even easier? Like if someone were to like budget for the first time, like, you, you don't have to do any adding yourself. You don't have to, like, literally you just type in your own expenses and it automatically allocates. There's a little bit of setup in the beginning, but it's not, uh, it's not anything that has to do with the formulas. It's literally just deciding what your own expenses are. So it is pretty awesome. And I will make sure that it's, yeah, it looks like it's good to go. So. Woohoo. Oh gosh. We're going to be so savvy. Um, <laughs> I have um, one, one more question from before. Um, this question was, uh, what are your best tips for paying off student loans? Mm. So budgeting is the first tip, honestly. I mean, if you are serious about paying off your student loans, so uh, I'm going to have to brag on myself right now. I, my husband and I are paying off my student loans. I, I was the only one that came out of college with student loans. He was very blessed to have everything paid for. Um, and had, he had amazing scholarships. Anyway, I am paying off my student loans on September 23rd, which is, like, that's also my birthday, which I'm like, I totally planned it that way to like have just like a big celebration and everything. Um, so we'll be paying off our student loans in, in just four years. So I graduated in 2016 and we'll have them all paid off. I literally am just like counting down the days. <laughs> and so I'm very, very excited. But the way that we did it is truly through budgeting. I mean, we, we got serious about it and really did cut our costs in order to be able to put more towards that. 
But not only that, we, my husband and I enjoy doing side hustles and picking up side hustles and stuff. So um, there's a lot of really awesome side hustle apps out there, or even simply like cashback apps. Um, like if, if you're not familiar with Rakuten yet, um, you can go and join that. When you join and make your first purchase, you get like $30 back automatically, um, which is really cool. There's a link in my bio to that too, if people are interested. Um, but also um, like things like field agent where you can go and um, there's like little tasks that you can do and then you get paid maybe like, you know, sometimes it's only a dollar, but then sometimes there's jobs where you can get paid $15. Um, and I've made over like $600 doing that. Um, and it's really awesome. It's, it's simply like you go to like um, Walmart and take a picture of their baby formula aisle and answer a few questions. And usually they take about like five to 10 minutes to do and then you get paid five bucks and it's like, well, I was going to Walmart anyway to pick up some groceries, so I can do that. Um, a lot of fun things like that. Honestly, I really enjoy it as like just like a fun little thing to do, but I also earn money, uh, which is really fun. I've also gotten a lot of like free stuff from them. I've gotten like tons of free coffee and free food and shampoo. I'm still using shampoo that I got from them, which is cool. But we picked up a lot of little side hustles. We also started doing um, things like DoorDash and Uber Eats on the side just to, you know, one, actually during quarantine, neither of us were really working real estate. I'm, I'm in real estate. Um, that's my actual profession. But um, I, that we were totally shut down. My husband's a youth pastor and he wasn't really doing much either. So we were, we both basically started doing um, DoorDash and Uber Eats full time and the the combined the two of us we made around five thousand dollars so it was like oh wow we, it's like we never really missed like skipped a beat with our income or anything so that was really fun so we still you know occasionally we'll do things like that um in order to make some money uh, to to put towards things like student loans so honestly we it was a combination of just really intentional budgeting and, and um, managing our money that way in order to put towards our student loans but also um, increasing our income, even if it was just like by a little bit to be able to put towards that. I love that. And I loved your attitude too around, around those side hustles because all of those you did with, with the time that you had and they were, they're so accessible, especially with Uber and all that stuff right now. I mean, online there's surveys you can take and get paid. Yes. Um, I mean, it's a moment of financial uncertainty for a lot of people. There are options, like if you mm -hmm. get and think about different things to do. I love that. That's so cool. Way to go. Oh, thanks. I <laughs> honestly, I enjoy it. I really enjoy those things. Um, and being able to, you know, just make even if like, honestly, it's one of those things where I started doing that, that um, app called field agent and didn't realize like how much money I was making, but it like shows you the total. And I like, looked at it a few months ago and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've made hundreds of dollars just going and doing like a $3 job every now and then. And, and there was a time where I was going and doing something like at least once a day, like I was checking it and being like, Oh, that's, that's at my King supers, my grocery store, like down the street, I can go do that. And like quick, you know, 15 minute trip and make three bucks. So yeah, it's fun. Make, make a game out of it. Never heard of that. That's so cool. I've added it to the list of, yeah. of the that we are now learning about. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so Chelsea asked, 
Um, sorry, this has already been answered. Can you talk about tithing? We did talk a little bit about tithing, mm -hmm. but different kind of question. So especially when you're on a debt payoff journey, it gets really hard to commit to a tithe while faced with credit card debt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that can be really challenging. It's, and again, like right now during this time, especially if you have been laid off, um, it might not be making an income really, or if you do have a lot of debt um, or just other expenses, maybe your expenses have really skyrocketed or something and, and you have a lot of other obligations. It, it can be really easy to just say that tithing is one of those things that you are going to forget. Um, I know I've talked with a lot of friends of mine who have said that they have tithed when, when they were going through the, like the hardest times financially and that when they did, they felt like they were blessed and that they, there was, there was always money left over to go towards whatever it was, groceries or paying off your debt. And so I would challenge you that, you know, if you do continue to tithe during, you know, these, you know, difficult times, even if it is, you haven't lost a job or anything, but it's simply just having debt to, to still do that and see what kind of blessings can come from it. Because I do think that God can do amazing things, even, even when you feel really, you know, insecure with your finances, because, and, and I was just talking to someone yesterday about this, just this idea of, money for us and especially as Americans and humans in general, like money is this thing that our society has deemed is what makes us secure. You know, like if you have enough money, if you make enough income, if you have enough savings, yada, yada, you're going to be secure and, you know, almost like untouchable in a sense. When in reality, if we continue to chase that as our security, we're going to feel, we're still going to feel insecure because we're going to continue to want to increase our savings and our income and whatever, and never feel like it's enough. And when we, when we do that, and when we put our trust into our money and our finances, we're just going to, to come up short. And, and it's just that challenge of putting your hope and your, you know, your life in the hands of Jesus and, and trusting that he is going to provide for you, even when you feel like you really just don't have enough money. And I've never, like, personally, I've never had to go through a really tough situation like that. Like I, I had mentioned, you know, kind of when we were talking about this topic before, I did um, you know, switch jobs a few years back and, and lose about half of my income. Um, however, when we looked at it, when we looked at our finances, we realized that we were really spending money in, in places that we didn't need to be spending money necessarily. And so it was, it was pretty easy to figure out the areas in our life where we could cut back. So, you know, if you feel like right now, like, oh, I can't tithe because I have all these obligations, I would challenge you just to simply, you know, look at your money and, and track it um, and find out if there's areas that you feel like you could cut back on. Even if it is like a simple, like $5 drink at Starbucks or something, um, every, every single dollar like that counts. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I, it's, it's tough. And I, I definitely, I get it. It's not an easy <laughs> question to answer. And I don't think even my, like, people might disagree with my answer and I don't know 
what is right or wrong. And I will admit that, but you know, that's, that's just the truth that I've seen laid out in the Bible when it comes to our finances is that, you know, that widow who gave all that she had, you know, that might have been her next meal. It might've been her only meal for the like next couple of weeks. And yet she gave that. And so, man, I, that, that story just always hits me hard when I like really sit and think about it. And it's just like, what would, what would it look like for us to give all that we had? And I don't necessarily think that God is calling us all to do that. He might be calling you to do that. And I think that there are times where he could be calling you to do something as dramatic as that. But it's simply just this idea of trusting when you, when you do make those decisions and trusting that God will provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so much, so much goodness in that. I think I, for me, when the, when the quarantine was starting, I would go back to my budget all the time, my bank accounts all the time, because it felt like the solid ground, like the place I could be where, okay, it's okay. Like I have enough, if I get fired, I can like live for three months. I can live for two months. And like, I was, that's where I was in my mind. It was nowhere. It was leaving no space for like, okay, Lord, I trust you. I trust that you'll provide. And you're exactly right. The Lord will always provide for what we need. Um, sometimes we need to recalibrate <laughs> the way that we live. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. It's so good. So good. All right. Well, that is the, the questions that I had. Um, I think we all the ones here. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We've talked for almost an hour. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's a really good topic. And I think, I mean, like, like to start it out in the beginning, money doesn't get talked enough of like within the church community. And really like, that's, that's, that's what I want to do. Like I want to bring up these conversations with other Christians so that we are talking about them because the Bible, okay, I should have started out with this because this is these like these facts will kind of blow you away. But the Bible talks about money, finances, wealth, and possessions over 2,000 times. Like it's mentioned over 2,000 times. And about 15% of the conversations, the preaching that Jesus had, had to do with finances in some way. And it's just kind of like, okay, when we when you hear those things, clearly the Bible is is telling us to wake up like this is important and a lot of times i mean it's really they're telling the bible's telling us that we need to not love our money more than god but there's also so many practical like financial principles that are put throughout the bible and it's just simply you know what i'm trying to do is is bring those to light so that people understand that having money is not a bad thing that that's not what the bible's saying like you the bible wants us to have a financially healthy lifestyle and having money is not the problem. It's just when we, you know, choose to love that more than God. And so ultimately what I'm trying to say is that these topics are really important and we need to be having them more. And yeah, if anyone else has any questions, I'm always open to answering them because I love talking about this stuff. Uh, I mean, Katie, praise God for you and for, for what <laughs> Um, I think it's very hard to talk about money. I think it's especially hard for Christian women to talk about money. Mm -hmm. And I hope that up that conversation for all of us um, to realize that this is, this is something that we're called to do. I mean, yeah, going back to scripture, you know, the, the landowner who gave the different tenants different amounts of talents and said, 
go. And one of them buries his in the ground and the other ones double the investment. And what does the master say? He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, and so to have that same attitude of generosity and also God's abundance. I think we get so afraid that we're going to just mess everything up and we're not usually powerful. So um, I'm so grateful for what you're doing. The work that you're doing is so important. Um, yeah. So tell everyone so we where we can find you, what you work on. Um, yeah. Share a little bit about that before we. Yeah. I well, I'm super active here on Instagram. So if anyone wants to reach out, I always respond to anyone who wants to talk about these things. Um, I do have a new course coming out at the end of September. Um, it's about value-based budgeting. So it's it's simply teaching people a lot about what we just talked about, like figuring out what it is that we do value most and figuring out how we can align our spending um, to free up money for those things. And so whatever that is for you, um, you know, tithing is probably going to be on your list, but that's not the only thing that you probably value in life too. So um, so I have that coming out. I mentioned the spreadsheets. Um, again, if anyone is interested in that, um, the code for 50% off will be Sunday, Monday. Um, and so anyone can go and grab those in the link in my bio, but they can also check me out on my website. I have lots of um, blog posts on these different topics. Um, and that's just agapeinvests.com and also can be found in the link in my bio. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for your generosity with the with the uh, with the budgeting spreadsheet. I'm worse. Get it. I was I was on mine yesterday for like 40 minutes trying to fix. I had these little like bar graphs. I'm over it. So I'm coming to you, Katie, because <laughs> you want my budget spreadsheet to be pretty. Yes, I hopefully it is very pretty because I well, I think it is. So hopefully you think so too. I bet it is. That's so good. All right. Well, thank you, Katie. And thank you everyone for joining us. We're so grateful that you were here. Um, good luck. Save that money. We'll check in in a year and we'll all be very, very wealthy. Just kidding. There you go. <laughs> the attitude. <laughs> Financially healthy. That? Financially healthy. That's what we're going for. Yes. Definitely. All right. Thank you all so much. Good night. Um, Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Sunday Monday show. If you liked it, if you enjoyed it, if you learned something, we would be so appreciative if you shared it with a friend, shoot it in a text, post it on social media, whatever you want to do. Sharing these episodes helps more people find them. And while you're doing that, if you could rate and review these episodes, that would also be so appreciated. If you're looking for more, you can follow us on Instagram at the Sunday Monday underscore or visit us online at www.thesundaymonday.co where we have tons of articles and free resources designed to help you be bold in your faith, work, and life. Until next time, thanks so much for being here. Get back to work. I love you all. Bye.